0: Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara, And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and
1: e-reader. This episode, we're talking about scary nonfiction with our special guest, supernatural expert, Ross Blotcher. Hey, Ross. Hello. Ross is here from Oh No, Ross and Carrie, another Max Fun Show. Yes. Amazing. But first... What are you reading, Bria? Um, because we were talking about this in this episode, I'm going to talk about a book I finished last week um, called... Gulp. Recommended by uh, Mallory O'Meara. Oh, i got so excited. I hit Mallory's well, those listening, Mallory guys, almost died. I love Mary Roach. You guys both just
0: Do we need to take a minute? Do we have to have a breather? Uh, uh, guys. We both gesticulated so excited that my microphone stand fell over. I, now you know so many fart facts, right? Mallory. So many fart. You facts. know me,
1: and you know I did not appreciate some of this <laughs> book, and I skipped some chapters because I was like, "No, you did- I will not read about people who eat poop. <laughs> I will not read it. I'm not excited about it. That's one of the best chapters. I refuse to eat it. Eat it.
2: <laughs> now the word bolus is in your vocabulary. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, no, it's not because <laughs> there were chapters I was like, I cannot read this now. Okay. The so feagle, what's, the what feagle, is gulp? Okay, I'm sorry. Gulp is about um, Mary Roach does these. We call them, they're science-y books. Yeah, science they, They're not, yeah. she does
0: these d- really, really deep nonfiction dives into mostly taboo subjects.
1: Yeah, and this one is about the
0: digestive tract.
1: Yes. So I was doing a movie where I was playing a sommelier, and I was like, "Oh, this is a good thing to read because it's like about the palate." And, Unless you're and the serving up poop, part poop of it wine, actually, is like <laughs> about tasting in the in your mouth and yeah. like and like the smell and like how smell affects tasting. So I did feel like I learned a lot, and then I kept reading it, and because um, you move down the digestive tract. Yeah, she goes literally all the way down, and you, you, know, you have like now. fetal yeah. transplants, yeah. which <laughs> I learned a lot about that. And it was pretty fascinating. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: those can help people. That's they, the future. Apparently,
1: they're like it's the future. Yeah, yeah, that's what she said. Anyway, there are parts of this book that I didn't appreciate, and I almost <laughs> read you a text because I was a little mad at you because I was like, you know, I wouldn't like this. You know, I don't like. But knowledge is power, power stuff. <laughs> now you have power. I like the jokes of it, but I don't like reading about the science of it. Oh well, fair enough. I didn't like it. There's she was like, oh, what God. about that chapter where they're cool. eating cat food or dog food? Oh, God. Damn it! Fucking hate it. (laughs) It's so (laughs) gross to me. It was grossing me out. But um, I I learned a lot. Anyway, what are you reading,
0: Mallory? So I also was doing some research, but for the show, I'm I want to say in the middle, but it's a choose your own adventure book, so I can't actually tell where I am. Sure, Uh, it's Night Shift by Joanna Angel, and it's a choose your own erotic choose your own adventure erotic novel, Ah. which is so much fun. (laughs) It's a really good. I had to like think about how I was going to talk about this book without making really terrible puns, but it's a really good entry point into <laughs> like. Have you never read? I have not read a lot of erotic <laughs> books, so it's really because it's so fun and kind of silly, and there's a lot of jokes. It's a really good starting point for for books like that. It is very sexy, not just because there's a scene where they watch Twin Peaks together. Yeah, my, Mallory literally she
1: sent me a text saying, "This is the sexiest part," which is them talking about watching Twin Peaks. That is very sexy to me.
0: Post coital uh, Twin Peaks. Post coital Twin Peaks, <laughs> or like pre Twin Peaks or like okay. any any relation to coital <laughs> is good. Mid, uh, mid-coital, coital, <laughs> Twin Peaks. How <laughs> am I ever? <laughs> uh, but yes, I really, really highly recommend it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And Ross, what are you reading? That was a
2: good pitch. Uh, I've always got an e-book, a physical book, and an audio book.
0: Whoa, Ross. I, I
2: just finished The Singularity is Near by Ray Ooh. Kurzweil. Oh,
0: yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, okay. he's a technologist, and inventor mm-hmm. himself. So if you want to know all about AI and the future of intelligent machines, that's the one to read.
0: I'm too afraid to know, know that stuff.
2: This is a good Twin Peaks connection. I just picked up stories from the messengers.
0: Oh. Uh,
2: Accounts of owls, UFOs, and a deeper reality.
0: Give me that shit. Mike
2: Cleland. Yeah, nice nice connection there. Well, uh, we had him on our show, which we'll talk about in just a second. And so he believes that owls are connected to UFOs and aliens as uh, there's this whole synchronicity and archetypal connection. And so he collects stories of how... People have seen owls, but they were actually aliens. Or yeah. it, it was... owls
0: truly are not what yeah. they seem.
2: It's wild. So uh, I'm I'm enjoying
0: that. I am into this. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's two. What's the third one? Oh,
2: uh, well, I just started my ebook. Is the Alienist, which is oh, a recommendation nice. from from you.
0: Yes. Yeah, so we just recently did a little promotion. I don't want to call it a what do I, I don't know yeah. charity donation thing. We did some some special thing because the world is a nightmare reality right now. Oh and, yes. Uh, this stuff with the um. Uh, children being separated uh, at the border is awful. So we uh, reached out on social media and said that if you donated to uh, kidlit says no to child children in cages, which was this like a bunch of like children's literature authors got together and like picked out a bunch of charities that are helping nonprofits down in Texas at the border. Uh, If you donated to them and emailed reading glasses, reading glasses, podcast at gmail.com, we would give you a personalized reading recommendation. And Ross was very generous and, and, um, Uh, Donated and emailed us and wanted uh, a book that some nonfiction, a thriller that you learned something.
2: I'm impressed that you remember that. Yeah,
0: Mellie has a steel trap mind; it's amazing. Can't hear very well, and I can't run, but I remember (laughs) things. Uh, It's yeah. The Alienist is. I love that book. Yeah, you talk about it, but Mm -hmm. it's so good. Wait, is it what the series is based on? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. By Caleb Carr.
2: Well, I just started it, but yeah, it's like uh, the early ages of. Detective work where they were just starting to learn how to solve crimes and do toxicology and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: so it, but it's so well-researched. My my partner, Alan, read it, and he kept having to check to make sure it was fiction because it's so well-researched. It feels like nonfiction. Like
2: Teddy Roosevelt is a character.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really good. That's rad.
2: Yeah, great so, recommendation. And we stole your idea too. We also put out the call for donations. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we promised uh, 20 second videos as a response. So we've, we're have we 46 down, but we've got like two times more or uh, three times that many oh, to us. Uh, oh, yeah. So, a- which is great. Great Good, problem to have. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's thanks awesome. Thanks for the idea.
0: Hey, think like we all have to get together and fight the forces of evil. It's true. Indeed. And I guess that's owls. <laughs> we're all going to go fight some owls. Okay, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. James writes in, After hearing you recommend one a few months back, I shopped around and got myself a reading journal. It's great. I've always wanted to be a journaler, but never managed to make it a regular part of my life. Having something specific to journal about and having regular but not daily reasons to write, I don't read books quite that fast, has really helped me pick up the habit and stick to it. It's been nice to reflect a little, and my journal has a small small space to record anything important that happens while I'm reading the book I'm journaling about, which is a very nice bonus. Oh, James. Send us a picture. Yeah, sure. Because I'm curious. Because
1: mine is just a, my mother makes journals, so mine is just a a blank journal that I just write in now. That's what I've started using. Um, By the way, I have this great journal. This is a little off topic, but welcome to me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I have this great journal that also my mom got me, which is a five-year journal. Do you guys know about these? No. Where it's, um, every page is one day of the year so it's like June 13th or whatever and then there's five blanks so you like write one sentence for today and then next year you'll write one sentence on that day and next year and so you do it for five years so you can see what's happening but you just write one sentence so every night before I go to bed I'm like today I did this it was great feeling good feeling terrible whatever like I just write like a little sentence it's an awesome journal
0: I'll post it I'll post it on on my Instagram cool it's really really cool I just feel like that would give me anxiety what does just think, like I already oh, I think it. about way too far in the future. So no, not in the future. I like
1: to think about the past because then because I'll go back and be like, "What happened one month ago?" And I'm like, "Oh wow, that seemed so
0: much longer ago." Oh, that is kind of nice. Yeah, it's nice.
1: I like it. Um, so Shannon wrote in and said, "I work at a library, and one thing our library offers is Novel List Plus. That's N-O-V-E-L-I-S-T. It's only one L." Um, it's a really great feature for book recommendations. What it does it allow- is that it allows you to parse out exactly what you liked about a book and then find books similar to that. So in the search bar, you can put the title of the book you just finished and it will list read alike books similar and will also say why they're similar. Or you can, or exclamation point, you can make your own appeal mixer. Instead of searching for books in a similar genre, you can search for books with similar character types, writing styles, pace, etc. I find this style of recommendation extremely useful as I've been, I have been—I seem to be a picky reader and often like books based on certain character type rather than a certain genre.
0: That's really cool. That's so, super cool. You People can don't need th-
1: us anymore. I think just use this thing. I've yeah. never even heard of that.
0: Yeah, I th- well, I think you can ask for it at your library because not all libraries have the program, but it would be perfect for you, Brie. You could just be like, girls on a journey <laughs> and dogs. Um, <laughs> space. And space. That's all you Is it an app? I don't totally understand. I, yeah, I checked it out. Uh, it's something, it is an app. It's a program that you can only access if your library has it. Oh, cool.
1: But does our library have it? The Los Angeles Public Library? I didn't check. Okay. right, well, we'll look into this. So we have some special bookmarks today. What do we call this? Bookmarks? Yeah, bookmarks.
0: That's what you call it. We haven't <laughs> done this show in like three weeks. <laughs> uh, we have some special bookmarks yes. today. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, so, this, uh, so guys, my book is finally available for pre-order. I'm very, oh my god. Really, i very excited about it. I already it. pre-ordered it. Oh, uh, thank so, you, Bria. So did a couple of my friends. Yeah, thanks for posting thanks, those guys. photos. Uh, it doesn't even have a cover yet, and I have some very exciting news about the cover when I can announce it. Uh, but yeah, it's available free, for pre-order, um, on ebook and hardcover, uh, through uh, everywhere books are sold. I'll put a link in the show notes. Indiebound, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all that stuff. Um, What's it called? The Lady from the Black Lagoon. Uh, it's my uh, book about Millicent Patrick, who's the woman who designed the Creature from the Black Lagoon, and it's uh, it comes out on March fifth next year. And if you are listening to the show, you know how important pre-orders are. And uh, thank you to everyone already who has pre-ordered it. It was on the Amazon movie bestseller list for a little while, which was super exciting. Um, So yeah, thank you guys. I'm really excited and feeling a lot of feelings about it. So thanks for all the support. Oh, also you can, one of, one of our amazing listeners reminded everyone that you can, if you can't afford the book, which is understandable, um, you can suggest it from your library, which is really exciting. Oh, can you already do that? Yeah. Oh, I haven't done it. Yeah, you can. <sighs> I'll do that, too. And then I got, like, a lot of feelings about thinking about my book in the library. Oh, God, oh, God. oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> Ross just ordered it, too. Oh, thank you, guys. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so before I cry, uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we talk about spooky nonfiction, we're going to take a quick break.
2: Well, Adam, we're still putting out the Greatest Discovery podcast while we wait for Season 2. What are we doing with these episodes? We've uh, talked to a whole bunch of interesting people like the Wall Street Journal's Ben Fritz and MaximumFun.org's own Danielle Radford. We're kind of using this time to find ways to entertain ourselves and you while we wait for the next season.
0: So catch yourself up with Star Trek Discovery and join us Tuesday on the Greatest Discovery... It's on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. This week, it's all about scary nonfiction. You know when you start watching a scary movie and right after the credits, a big based on a true story flashes across the screen and you're like, damn, I want to know what really happened. Or you're bored late at night and you're watching a ghost hunting show and you wish you can get all those cool legends about creepy houses without listening to those weird ghost hunter dudes with horrible tattoos. Maybe you're flying on a vacation and you're wondering if you really need to worry about the Bermuda Triangle. I think about that all the time, the Bermuda Triangle.
1: That's one of my major concerns in
0: life. When I was a little kid, that was
1: my big big Uh thing.
2: I can help you with that.
1: I know. Yeah, Yeah, can you? Uh, Sean is also very worried about it, too. Is that
0: near Australia? No. <laughs> no. no, nowhere near. So we're here to help, and we brought in a special expert. Frost, first off, can you tell us about your awesome show?
2: Yeah. Uh, so I'm half of Ono, Ross, and Carrie, and uh, we're also on the MaxFun Network. We investigate claims of the paranormal, uh, fringe religious groups, alternative medical treatments, and we try all of that ourselves. So we go join Scientology or take ayahuasca or um, take out of body travel classes, you stuff like that. You guys are like so that.
0: brave. I'm so, so afraid of brave.
1: cults. Oh, <laughs> no, me too. It's never, never like our, big, our biggest number one fear, <laughs> yes. fear is being to, in a cult. Concern I might accidentally join a cult. And <laughs> you've purposely joined cults. <laughs> there's a
2: fine line between bravery and foolhardiness. So <laughs> we're, we're somewhere on that spectrum. But yeah, we, we just wander in. We join up and kind of do this undercover, see what happens and we report on when they ask you for money and how they answer questions and we try to have fun with it and make friends Do you ever
0: have to wear robes?
2: Oh, have I well actually yes when I got my Mormon baptism I had (laughs) actually it was kind of a onesie, sort of a a white jumpsuit.
0: This is off.
1: But do they do the people like do they know you're doing
0: a podcast ever?
2: Is that like something you have to
0: disclose?
2: Well, we've learned not to tell not to start reporting until we're done with the investigation. Yes. That bit us in the butt when we investigated the Ordo Templi Orientis. Uh, up in Pasadena. It's uh yeah, it's very much tied to Alistair Crowley. He- There's a new yes.
0: show about that coming oh, out. Oh, really? Uh, Strange Angel about the jet, uh, the jet Propulsion Laboratory and Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons,
2: right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and funny enough, L. Ron sex magic. That's yes, the other thing. It's like right.
0: rockets and banging with There's magic. So Sounds many, like a good cult.
2: Yeah, so many cool <laughs> stories. <laughs> no, don't, don't do it! Wait, should
1: I
0: join that one? Wait, <laughs> no!
2: It's got oh, no. naked priestesses <laughs> and cookies that may or may not contain uh sperm. Gluten free? <laughs> you know what? Maybe.
0: <laughs> Maybe. That's <tell> how you know we're <laughs> from Los Angeles. I uh, don't yeah,
1: care.
2: They weren't too happy when uh we released an episode and then we came back. We were very <gasps> and unceremoniously they kicked out.
0: Oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> so they yeah. didn't murder you.
2: They didn't, see? So it all works out.
0: That's good. Yeah. Let's talk about books. Yeah. Okay. okay. So guys, you listen to all of that. You can tell we have a serious expert on our hands. <laughs> Ross has been through all the scary shit and he's lived through it. give us some awesome book recommendations so basically what we're talking about this episode is like you know we did an episode on horror and it's you know sort of easy to find cool horror fiction and horror short stories and stuff like that but if you want to know more about ghosts and hauntings and weird stuff and secrets societies occult history you probably know there's a lot to look through not all of it is good so if you want right. to get some quality, you actually want to read about this stuff, you have to do some digging. And since a lot of these subjects aren't exactly official sciences, many of the books out there are a little sketchy. Also, just heads up, if you find a weird book filled with incantations, please don't read from it out loud. <laughs> That's like, uh, you know, the first rule of books like these. But there are awesome books out there. So do you do you guys read a lot of spooky nonfiction
2: Absolutely.
0: Well, you—that's your job. Yep. That's part
1: of your job.
2: My avocation, yes.
1: For me, no. I think we should like literally skip over me on this episode because I feel like maybe, like, I just don't read that much nonfiction generally. Obviously, I read some recently that you recommended. Was not. Now she will never. <laughs> now she will <laughs> never read another nonfiction. <laughs> no, I did really like the book. Um, but I don't. I don't reach for it. But this is the kind of nonfiction I feel like I should be reaching for. But, yeah, I think my concern is there's a lot of, like, bunk out there, you know? And I don't want to be walking around wondering, worrying about the Bermuda Bermuda Triangle again if I shouldn't be worried about it. Should I be worried about the Bermuda Triangle?
2: Hey, oh, I can help you here with a book maybe recommendation. Please. Okay, so uh, the Bermuda Triangle myth was popularized by Charles Berlitz, actually the same guy behind the Berlitz Language Learning
1: he I don't was, know that. Okay,
2: what is it? It's just like Rosetta Stone and there's oh, Berlitz. Oh, 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 oh. It's like a company where you can learn languages. Uh, so same guy, but he wrote a lot of books. And one of them was the Bermuda Triangle in 1974. And it popularized this idea that there was this specific area where ships went missing and planes went missing. Turns out uh, there is no higher occurrence of planes or ships going missing in that region than Big anywhere relief.
0: else. Big <laughs> yeah. wow.
2: so relief. Check
0: that one off the anxiety list. Pretty much invented list. out
2: of whole cloth. Or or just very selective storytelling. Mm. Uh, so you really don't need to worry I about it. I don't have
1: to worry about it. Well, take that one off my list of words before I fall asleep at night. <laughs> um, but obviously you read a lot of uh, spooky nonfiction, Ross. Yeah. How do you decide what to read? Like, what do you? How do you figure out what is what is like good and what is going to be crappy?
2: That's t- tough. Well, like everybody here and everybody listening, I have a long list of to-read books. Uh, I... I very much involved in the skeptical community and so I hear a lot about books in advance and so you kind of suss out sort of what's a more credible and what's a more credulous uh source but yeah you're right there's a lot of bunk out there and and this
0: oh, there's no count like ghost council that's out there fact checking <laughs> right. all this stuff
2: this, you know. this category this is
0: not factual <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that would be proof of the phenomenon itself yeah this category really rides the line between fiction and non-fiction so yeah. so you, usually by reading the cover you can kind of get an idea for that you do have people who live sort of at the uh the junction between those and that's always interesting uh but yeah when i think of spooky nonfiction, one of the first ones that comes to mind well is spook
0: by mary roach mary roach i feel like i feel I'm like I'm just gonna a t-shirt that says mary roach and then a bunch of exclamation points underneath it because that's how i feel about mary the roach is, i think i have read i'm just gonna keep going
1: back to mary roach i read i think i read the sex one bonk, bonk. i think i read that <laughs> one and i liked it and i think i've read another one but maybe i should read spook Spook's grunt like, uh, Maybe
2: or Mm -hmm. packing for Mars. That's the big one. Is stiff. Stiff. That's a great. That was her first one, I think.
0: Yeah.
2: Or at least how she got on the map.
0: Yes, Stiff was like her breakout book, but it's all about the uses of... Actually, what's funny is that's what we... Rec... Spook is what I recommended on our bonus content episode when we did recommendations for each that's Max Show right. for Oh No, Ross and Carrie. That's oh. right, that's right. But would you consider Spook, like, scary nonfiction? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, it's scary? Oh, yeah. well, it's not oh. scary, but it's about... It's her... Scary Mary Roach's search, she goes on a year-long search to try to find... Like actual hard evidence of the paranormal. Yeah. I won't spoil it for you because I'm a me, but you should read the book. It's very, very good.
2: And I don't think this is spoiling it to say she gets into fun stories like the early attempts to measure the weight of the soul.
1: Oh, yes. I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And it's my weight 21 loss 21 grams plan. that whole I,
1: have, I just don't have one. I just keep trying to sell my soul to lose weight. Like <laughs> yeah. I just sell my soul to various people. Oh,
2: yes. <laughs> and also the stories of ectoplasm. There's another book in that vein by Deborah Bloom, another favorite author.
0: Oh. Oh, uh, she, she's the one who wrote the Poisoner book. Yeah, the
2: Poisoner's Handbook, yes. which is one of my all-time favorites. Oh, I just also, added that to
0: actually <gasps> in my library queue. That's so weird. Also very God, spooky. That's scary because you make us food every time we come here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you guys come in there and I have that one open next to a cookbook. <laughs> well, I know. I got them
0: confused. you want to <laughs> try Bria's Poison Loaf? My,
2: my wife and I were both reading that at the same time, and I remember thinking, like, I
0: don't know. if I, hmm,
2: a- <laughs> I, I feel weird about you reading that. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's uh, an account of very much like in the same world as The Alienist, uh, which I'm super excited about. Uh, The early attempts to learn how to do toxicology reports and okay, what do you boil and how do you distill to find out? Oh, because this- back in the
0: day, you could poison fucking everybody. Right? They had no way of knowing. With impunity, you still poison anybody? Yeah, really. but they but they can test for things now.
1: I know, but like, if I you mean, just- you can still
0: do it, but you're gonna get caught now. <laughs> then they're <laughs> right, gonna look
2: for the rat poison. They're yeah. gonna check yeah. your receipts.
1: I see. And- yeah. right. I, but got, I got. Back then, were- it was easier because there was like less of a paper trail. <laughs>
0: uh, well, paper trail, but also they couldn't like test you. They this was before they were able to like test your blood and find you know. different poisons in there. Okay, that makes sense. Before it was like, oh, well, you know, it was struck down by
1: God. Who knows? Okay, back to books. So what (laughs) books do we, what what are like the starter manual books if you're like, I want to read some spooky stuff, but I want it to be based on true things.
0: Yeah. So, I yeah, I read a lot about this because uh, my favorite – I read a lot of horror, but my favorite part of horror is when you get that, like, sweet, sweet exposition dump where you get all of the, like, the weird legends and backstory behind what's going on. So my particular favorite nonfiction books are all about, like, hauntings and monsters, and it's, you know, folklore, basically. All, like, it's kind of at the intersection of uh, history, horror, folklore, sometimes zoology if it's about monsters. And uh, the good ones are, like, really, really high-quality, you know – just folklore books i uh ghostland by colin dickey is a really really good one it's like a history of america but through different hauntings in different parts of the country uh, this is a book called trolls by john uh, lindau that's all it's just like a history of troll legends oh because i just think trolls are not int- internet trolls that tell me to kill myself and send me pictures <laughs> of their dicks uh, but <laughs> like actual trolls because i think they're like they're really, around really the world cool. i
1: feel like they're more popular and not in america
0: Yes. Um, also, there's a book I really, really like called *Scream* by Margie Kerr, and it's a book about the science of fear and scary things in different cultures. So, this lady's actual job is she so she studies fear. She's a psychologist, but she works with haunted houses and. Actually goes through them and makes them scarier. Oh, that's cool! By using her like feared that's a job? science, yeah, isn't that crazy? So she'll like assess it and be like, "Oh, well, if, if this this part would be scarier if you did this and that." So she goes that all is around. Clearly, your job in another life. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> <laughs> it was so exciting. Your house is already a haunted house. You've Basically. already gone through your house and made it as scary as possible. Uh, so, but she like goes like. What's interesting is she like there's a part where she goes to American haunted house, but then she goes to a Japanese haunted house, and in Japan, she like contrasts. Uh, all the con- all the like the content of the haunted houses is different over there because people get more scared by story. So you have to like mm. read this little scroll before you go in. And so this mo- a lot relies a lot more on emotional content and like guilt and making you feel bad. Oh, wow. oh nice. So it's really really interesting <laughs> to see what like what's scary in different parts of the world. So stuff like that I like that's my shit. I went to I went, to, stuff I like went to
1: Euro Disney in Paris, in Paris, which is not a great Disney. Um but we went there and uh, the the haunted mansion is very different because they're scared of different things. Especially, mm. they're not scared of like old French Quarter style, like New Orleans they're scared, houses. They're scared because of Americans and she bad might. food. And like, so it was like not at that style of house. So I was like, <laughs> oh, right, of course, they're not scared of that. Cause for some reason, we're scared of like, ooh, it looks like an old French thing. <laughs> People are like, that's not, that's what our shit looks like. They
0: don't care. <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that is really, really fascinating to me. Okay, what about what about
2: you? All right, I'm adding all of those to my to-read list. Oh, wow. Uh, well, it depends on where you want to go with it. I mean, there's something for every category because there's so many subcategories within yeah. spooky things. I would say it would be good to start maybe with some grounding. There's a lot of good books out there just to kind of help you uh, build up your BS detector. Mm-hmm. Uh, so The Demon Haunted World by Carl Sagan is a Ooh, great one. Oh. Uh, James Randi has a few books like Flim Flam uh, that help you kind of determine who are the charlatans and, and just yeah. what to ask those questions. So I've read a lot of those books. But uh, I'll say some really fun ones. Uh, you one brought here, a
1: whole stack of books over here. Yeah, just, I'm just impressed. some
2: visual aids. Uh, Abominable Science. That's so
1: what you need is, for uh, podcasts, yeah. visual aids. <laughs> <Right? laughs>
2: yes, right, exactly. Um, Abom- Abominable Science is easy to say. Oh, and I
0: have to get that. It's a
2: great book on cryptozoology <gasps> if you're into that.
0: Oh, I am into that. It just lit up like a I Christmas tree. I do love tree.
2: cryptozoology. but do it's written by a vertebrate paleontologist, uh, Don- Donald Prothero, a friend of mine, and uh, and also by Daniel Lockston, who does the illustrations as well. And uh, it just goes into the history of every one of these uh, figures. Nessie. Okay, and Lo- oh,
0: that is my shit.
2: Loch Ness Monster. And and then shows the origin. Like, okay, here's when this was faked and how it was found out. And this part is a hoax, but this we don't know. And here's what scientifically it could be. It, lots of really cool context. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. For, it's not for, really beautiful. That For readers, sense. I'd like to point out that th- some of this stuff is like a good in between. Like, if you're really, you want to be into horror, but you're like, Get scared very, very easily. These are kind of good in between books. Like they're, these, because these books aren't meant to scare the shit out of you. They're just giving you information. Yeah. Okay, so if what? you're the kind of person who's afraid of horror movies but reads the Wikipedia entries because you want to know what happened, <laughs> this episode is for you. Okay.
2: Here's a book that'll sh- scare the shit out of you. Oh,
0: okay. okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Disregard everything I just said. <laughs>
2: Death from the skies. <laughs>
1: oh, I've read Death by from Phil Sci- Plate. I know Phil. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 that is a very scary book. And it's also, the ways we you could talked about it on the show. Right? I think I have talked about it on the show. It's the
0: ways we could die. like Astronomical
2: things that could just yeah, end all of humanity in an instant. We'd never know they were
1: coming.
0: Yeah, it's horrifying. Like so a black if you have really bad anxi- anxiety like me, <laughs> I will not
1: be oh, if you also book. just like, If you're like, oh, you know, it makes you feel small. It's kind of good sometimes to feel small.
0: I, 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 I'm, I'm fine with that.
2: There's a really great book called Abducted by Susan Clancy. Ooh. And this was an interesting story just how she got into this. She was trying to write about memory and repress memories and investigate you know is that a real thing or not and she thought well, what can who can i use as a study group and so a she, bunch
0: of aliens so <laughs> she reached out
2: to people who'd had uh, abduction experiences wow. and started interviewing them and so she wrote this great book uh, that just really rides the line between taking these people seriously and regarding them as humans but also looking at the relevant psychology of of memory so, uh, so that's another great book, uh, from here to infinity by Caitlin Doty Oh yeah,
0: oh, we, we, we had, had, her had her on, on the show. show. <gasps> yeah, yeah, both those books. Oh. Yeah, from here to eternity. And very smoke early gets we in had her, her on the show. I've listened
2: to every episode, so I heard. She, it. Um,
1: yeah, uh, yeah I've I've known her for a long time. She's so cool. Her first, her first, all of her, her other book is good too. Um, the smoke gets in your eyes. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, that stuff is good. Guys, I have read these books, so like, I don't, I don't See, feel so dumb. I don't feel so... That's
2: spooky. She visits uh, places around the world and talks about their death practices.
1: My favorite one is that she goes into the... I don't remember where it is, which is really horrible, but these one culture where they go and they, like, mummify their relatives, and then once a year they go and they clean them off, which I was like... That's pretty nice. Yeah. Like it's such a lovely thing to do. Like not a maybe a death practice. I'm super interested in doing. But like I thought it was like a really nice. If it's way. the one I'm
2: remembering, it's like in Southeast Asia, I believe. And, so. and they'll actually oh, yeah. parade the bodies yeah. around Into and it. then put them back. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think it's pretty cute.
2: We're reading that book for my book club soon, and I'm gonna read Smoke Gets in Your Eyes while everyone else reads. From here to eternity.
1: Tell, you just sorry. So let's do a sidebar real fast. But you you are in a yes. book club that's a spooky a, book club. Skepti- skeptic book a club. Skeptic book club. So book we, club. so
2: we often read books in this genre. Ah. Uh, but yeah, just things generally. Nonfiction, science nonfiction, totally my wheelhouse. Occasionally, we'll challenge ourselves to read some fun fiction. But we are literally...
0: Down the street. Less than
2: half a mile from right where we are right now.
0: The spooky area, area. Yeah. of Los Los Angeles. Angeles. East Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. And
2: that's where Carrie and I met was at that book club when wow. it was at a different location. But
1: And you were like, we should keep talking about this. putting your life in danger on a weekly basis? That's, <laughs> Can that's... I have your robe sizes, please? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Seriously, how that happened, Carrie said, hey, who wants to go to this... Kabbalah meeting with me and uh, I was the only one who said "Uh, yeah and everyone else said why would we go to a Kabbalah lecture on astrology we don't believe in any of that. So thus started the podcast.
0: I'd be too scared. I'm way too scared of being in a cult. I don't want anyone to touch me. <laughs> Ross is trying to be an adult.
2: Oh, I, I mean, I could go on all day, so I won't. But uh, Devil in the White City, an- another great spooky, Eric
0: Larson <laughs>
2: spooky, yeah, book murder that books. People can get into. It's telling the story of the Columbian Exposition in 1893. At the same time, it's telling the story of H.H. Holmes,
0: which was you know sort maybe America's first serial killer. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to tell because what if there was one that we didn't know about it? Because he was he or she. Was just so damn good, mm. right? Here's a question: How do the these
1: kind of what is the background of the people who write these kind of books? Do we are they
0: science background? The or good, are they I'm, yeah, the good ones are all like scientists or historians, or journal, the, journalists, yeah, journalists. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Uh, the bad ones are like you know weird people who are in cults.
2: You just yep. gave me a great idea. There, there could be a great book about Roanoke Island and how that was actually the first serial killer. Oh,
1: that's wow. a good idea. Oh. You should. Ooh. I'm, oh. should just cut, you should take, take that off the that, show because yeah. you, you'd make
0: a lot of money with that idea. Uh, I'm surprised I haven't already read that book. <laughs> so these are all great book recommendations, and I'm sure people understand what we're talking about by now. But so, how do we actually go out and find these books besides getting recommendations from friends and stuff? Like, how do we? What are good places to look for these things? Like, I think a lot of people forget that this is like this is a place in the bookstore that you can go look for things it's sometimes called occult sometimes it's called new age uh, but it's all and that's where things kind of get muddy because it's like books on crystal balls and astrology, and then werewolves and then yeah, ghosts. I definitely
1: think of New Age as being like like yeah, a crystal ball like see the future, read your palm kind of situation. But that's where all and, and these maybe books are there's like a book on incense.
0: <laughs> and so, I mean, sometimes they're in the science or history section. It depends, it sort of depends on your bookstore, um, but you can look up paranormal nonfiction. Uh, But this, I think this, I'm surprised that more goth kids aren't in cults because (laughs) as a young goth child, when I would go to like get, I would always want to find nonfiction books about werewolves Uh and they're next to like occult societies and like the Masons and all these things. Like it's all the same shelf. Oh, yeah.
2: I I read from all ends of that shelf. So I love the more credulous books as well. But again, that's part of my uh, wheelhouse in specific. Uh, interest. But yeah, I would say start in the science section because there are going to be a lot of books about these topics, mm. but in the science section. And generally, those will be ones that are more well researched and backed up. Mary yeah. Roach is
0: going to be science. Oh, Love yeah. Mary Roach. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think we're just going to start a separate podcast that's just, just called Ian Mary, Ro- Mary Roach for an hour.
2: The, one of those books. One of those authors where I'll just automatically read anything she writes. Sam Keen is another one, a really fun.
0: Oh, I don't know if I've read nonfiction
2: anything. author uh, Caesar's last breath that he just wrote is one of my favorite Ooh. nonfiction books. Highly recommend.
1: Now we know Mallory was a goth kid. How did you get into this? Was <laughs> is well, I guess I'm now a goth adult. Look, look at what you're wearing right now. You have your shaved head underneath blue hair, and you're wearing. A Medusa a sp- shirt? Who is that? It's a spooky shirt. It's just a spooky person <laughs> with crazy, spooky hair. <laughs> and, like, snakes or some shit is coming out of it. Check boxes <laughs> checked. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you, can, you can try to take the goth out of the Mallory, but you can't take the... Well, I don't know. I
0: know how to do that. How did you get you Well,
2: funny this? enough, I was a very buttoned-up Christian evangelical child. That's how I was Whoa, raised. Wow.
0: wow! Although, I will say, I know a lot of... I mean, the, it's a fine line between being into that stuff and, like, magic, because there's a lot of... Hmm. in bet- like, because yep. Catholics, they drink blood and eat flesh bread or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 so The like... Catholic
1: Church, I love the things that you get to say out loud.
2: At that time, I was still really excited every time a scholastic book order would come in. Oh, Remember yeah. Remember those? And you go through mm-hmm. and circle the books that, that you want. That
0: was the day. And then
2: give it to your parent, like, give me money to buy these. Uh, so I would get anything that had to do with uh, conspiracy theories, aliens, Cryptozoological creatures, ghosts—I would just read anything about. It. I was just fascinated by that. Hmm. I remember early on watching Unsolved Mysteries, yes. and I really got into the X Files. Yes. So I always had that undercurrent, and I had my own little theories about how aliens are actually demons and stuff like that. I'd worked it all out.
0: So you've always you've always been on brand. X Files is so. really
1: a it's <laughs> really a gateway drug to uh, to getting into this stuff because I feel like X Files was also where I was like, you know, I what? love sci-fi. You like know what? I've never really seen, seen it really. <gasps> it's actually I've watched I've rewatched this. I'm really bad recently. at watching
2: It's, TV. it's, quite, it's quite good. So, so, same here, on. but I, I was really into that. And the Scully effect is a real thing. Scully being on TV inspired many women to get into STEM. Mm. So it's had a real measurable effect. So yeah, I kinda went from being a Mulder to being a Scully. Uh-huh. But I still stayed interested in the topic. I
1: don't you kinda look a little bit mean? like Mulder. Do people tell you that? Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Wait, hold on. What does that mean?
2: So Mulder is the credulous one. And Scully was always the skeptic. Oh. She would look for the scientific explanation. Oh, okay, okay,
0: yeah. okay. Yeah, and he was like, he was, I was like, like you gotta you-
1: believe in aliens. They abducted my Swiss sister. Like, that was his whole bit.
2: And the episode would sort of leave you at the end thinking, well, I think it's true,
1: but maybe it's not. I'm not sure. Yeah, pretty much every time. But kind of they were all true. Like, if, every mm-hmm. time you're like, Scully... You just saw a demon like in the last episode. Like, how can you not believe this? This episode, it was always like our she at the very beginning, she was just like reset back to being a full scientist.
2: That's (laughs) true.
1: Do you want to talk about any more of these books? You brought a stack of books, and like, I feel like we should. It is a book podcast after all.
2: I just brought some uh, fun, random things off the shelf that were still on my shelves and hadn't been lent out to anyone. Uh, Psychic Blues is a fun story by a friend of mine, Mark. Edward, who sort of rides that line, he's worked as a professional psychic, so he talks about being on those hotlines and uh, what happens, but he's now a skeptic, but he also still does mentalism and psychic readings.
0: Interesting.
2: Uh, Just got Conspiracies Declassified, brand new book. Uh, from Brian Dunning. He has a podcast series called Skeptoid, and it's all about things like the Bermuda Triangle and other urban legends and myths, and he does in-depth research but boils it down to, like, 15 minutes of just the important takeaways. Um, This is more of the credulous thing. Bob Larson, he's uh, an exorcist uh, that Carrie and I have done a podcast on. He has his book of world religions and alternative spirituality.
0: See, that's the part of Catholicism that I'm into. (laughs) Yeah, it's, some cool shit. It's funny
2: he's a Protestant, but he'll wear the priest collar just because. Well, that's what people expect to see when they see huh? an exorcist. Yeah. Uh, so Carrie and I have attended many of his exorcisms.
0: Wait, what? When
2: we're not on the air, I'll show you something really cool. <laughs>
0: cool.
2: Uh, so the, those are well, just big
0: fan of the devil. So that's us not get excited <laughs> about this
2: stuff. <laughs> a, few, a few of the uh, many books out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, also, people forget, too, that you can actually just, like, browse in your library for this shit. When I was a kid and getting into this stuff, like, a lot of the books I found on, you know... um Haunting, like stories of hauntings, folklore of hauntings, alien things, um, books by the Loch-, Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot. I'm really big into the Loch Ness Monster. Which okay. uh, yeah. yeah. I just got at the library. You can ask your librarian for this stuff. Also
1: kind of depends on how cool your librarian is. Like if your librarian
0: is like Look for into the goth it, librarian. Yeah, find
1: that goth. Li- <laughs> which I feel like now like people who are becoming librarians were like the nerdy kind of
0: goth oh, yeah. kids. That, so- w- that
1: like That's parallel life Mallory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very yeah. close. So like I
0: feel like maybe there's going to be more and more of these kinds of books in the library and um i'd like to point out what you find an author that you like who writes these books a lot of you know just keep looking for that author and there's a lot of horror writers that write spooky non-fiction too oh, interesting. uh book that we really really love um uh, My best friend's exorcism by Grady Hendrix. Grady Hendrix wrote a book that's a history of horror paperback. I just got it
1: from oh, the library. Cool. Paperback from, from hell. hell.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that
2: sounds awesome.
0: So stuff like that you can always check out. And also, a lot of um, publishers will publish the same stuff. There's a publisher called uh, Watkins, and they publish a lot of books about books about like aliens and secret societies and stuff. So you can kind of like reverse engineer these books if you're looking for more of them and you're trying to find you're having a hard time finding quality stuff. Great. A little hack for you. A little, little reading hack. Oh,
2: i got to throw in my all-time favorite book that's Please. another one of those foundational books that just helps you sort of suss through all this. It's called Mistakes Were Made But Not By Me. I don't know if you've heard that no. one. No. It's How We it's Justify crowded. Foolish Acts, Selfish uh, Decisions, uh, the, the title, subtitle, something like that. It's by Carol Tavris and Elliot Aronson, and it's all about the psychology of cognitive dissonance and how we'll... We'll do something, but then it doesn't jive with our own idea of ourselves as being a nice person or a smart person. And so we'll immediately resolve that by saying, well, that's not true. And it's, it's just such it's such a great book. It looks at everything from personal relationships to the government and how it works, and it explains so many things. And I think if everybody read that, the world would be a better place.
1: Ah. So- that is amazing. That sounds awesome. Also, all these books will be in our show notes and on the yes. dot org. Yes. uh blog yes so I'm like not when you're like don't, you know furiously the sh- jot I, these down
2: I should have brought copies for both of you because that's the book I gift most often. is it oh. that's the
0: book that's the, the book you gift oh, oh cool nice. well, we'll get it that sounds amazing so you can send your thoughts and spooky nonfiction recommendations to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com and before we solve the reader problem we're gonna take a quick break.
2: Hello, I'm Carrie Poppy.
1: And I'm Ross Blocher, hosts of MaximumFun.org's Ono, Ross, and Carrie.
2: We wanted to tell you the good news that our podcast is now weekly.
1: Yeah, weekly. On Ono, Ross, and Carrie, we don't make extraordinary claims, we investigate them.
2: We go undercover with fringe religious groups, investigate paranormal claims, and participate in pseudoscientific medical treatments and report our findings to you.
1: In a time where alternative facts reign supreme, we cut through the murky spin to give you the real deal on topics like UFOs, the IT vaccination. Movement, Scientology, and even apocalyptic churches.
2: We're even undercover for some very exciting investigations right now.
1: Well, not right now, right now.
2: Yeah, that would be unwise. That's
1: Ono Ross and Carey at MaximumFun.org.
2: We show up so you don't have to.
0: Now it's time to solve a bookish problem for one of our listeners. Eric writes in, I've been wondering if either of you could lend me advice on a dilemma I've been experiencing recently. My father and I have had a few discussions about media, uh, books, shows, ideas, and... and in general, I've noticed a trend that he almost never watches anything that has a supernatural feel to it. I caught myself giving him a hard time on his inability to expand his horizon with more genres. I worry that I'd be essentially shaming him, but I think his issue is that I think he'd like a lot more entertainment if he'd be willing to suspend his disbelief past the unrealistic. I'm mostly referring to any mythical being like comic book hero or heroine or vampire or werewolf. If, he, if it ventures outside of what he feels cannot exist, he loses his liking for the material." He doesn't generally read novels, but he's fairly open-minded on some things like music. Should I keep trying to expand his horizons, or maybe eventually leading him to read more novels, or just spend more time recommending and discussing entertainment media that I know he already enjoys? Bria, what should Eric do? Oh man. Um, I like how you really get this is a really good themed one because yes. obviously we could
1: do he could do what we've been talking about. You know, any of these books Ross just named or you just named, like these could be good a good like you know, gang Rage yeah, like, like, just like a way
0: to like, there's a way to open up the door a little bit. Right. Yeah. Like I, I really love reading fiction about werewolves, but I also love reading nonfiction <laughs> about werewolves, <laughs> which seems that, like it doesn't make sense, but I love reading books of werewolf legends, like werewolf folklore. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I, Yeah.
1: Um, I think my other idea for this is like factual fiction. Like I'm thinking the Martian. You know, Mm, like mm -hmm. something like that where it's like there's books that have a lot of facts in them even though they're fiction. And you named another one, or you guys just talked about another one. Oh, The Alienist by Caleb Carr. The Alienist. Right, The Alienist. So that's a good one too, right? Hard science fiction. Yeah, yeah, like a hard science fiction but not too hard. I feel like the word hard sci-fi scares people. Mm. Um, like when people were like, like when I'm like, well, it is hard sci-fi, people are like, oh, no. Like this means too we many. To, we need to rebrand hard sci-fi. It isn't rebranding because I think people think it's going to be too dense. But mm. I don't find it to be too dense. I just think it has a lot of like more things that could be real. That <laughs> That's really what hard sci-fi is, right? Yeah. It has more things that could be real. They, just, yeah.
2: they put that much more effort into world building to right. make it – Function within reality, which is really hard to do because usually you need some conceit yeah. uh, that takes you out of the real world.
1: Yeah. But that that would be my suggestion. What do you guys think? Yeah.
0: Ross, what should Eric do?
2: Yeah, my first reaction is just, oh, well, don't make him watch or read something. <laughs> Leave your dad into. alone. <laughs> yeah. if And if the goal is to be closer to your dad and share things, I love doing that. Like when my dad and I can read something or my son and I can read something together. Uh, or my wife and I can read something together and then watch the movie adaptation. That's really cool. So I would say maybe see if he's interested in any of those sort of gateway books, and then maybe you can... Read those together, uh, or you could just watch the History Channel, and you'll get your World
0: War Two. Dad's II. love the History Channel. I literally
1: wrote, I literally wrote down. I was like, yeah, maybe you guys can find out, find something like, you know, historical, like sci-fi, kind of like fun stuff. And I'm sure it could be said in World War Two. And he's a dad, so he loves World because War Two. Because every it's like other trap for e- dads, every other
2: show on the History Channel is about aliens, <laughs> yeah, or you know, maybe about Hitler trying to find the Spear of Destiny or something like that.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, okay.
2: And there was genuine interest in the occult. There, there you go. There, find something about Hitler looking for uh, occultic help. And- Specific,
1: but I love it. I feel like that is a definite. Like that could definitely work. You'll good hook gateway. your dad. I'll hook your dad. Dads love Hitler. <laughs> they love to hate Hitler.
0: <laughs> good dads
1: do. Good dads love to hate Hitler.
0: All good dads <laughs> hate Hitler. All good dads. <laughs> that's <laughs> a t-shirt. Yeah, it's our, ne- our next uh, t-shirt. Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. So, as a werewolf lover, my urge is like make everybody love werewolves. <laughs> But i got to say, it might be okay for your dad to skip the supernatural. Uh, supernatural stuff doesn't have to be for everybody. That being said, I think it's still good to expand your horizons sometimes to get new perspectives and maybe find something else that you like. Maybe your dad's a big fan of something and he doesn't even know. Um, there's a lot of ways to expand your genre horizons that aren't supernatural, though. Uh, your dad might like a western or a thriller, or a really funny literary fiction book. Like, if you're dead set on it, though, I th- I think try giving him a super book that has some plausible explanations, like A Girl with All the Gifts by M.R. Carey. Oh, yeah. It's a zombie book, but it has a lot of science in it that feels kind of real, and it might help him suspend his disbelief a little bit. It's not just like, you know, a bunch of zombies burst in, you know, bit everyone's heads off. Ah. But I it's- wouldn't call that hard sci-fi.
1: No. I think it's, like, just science fiction that it has, like, Plausible. They do explain what the fuck is Let's going
0: on. Let's try it. Let's rebrand it as plausible science. Fiction.
1: Plausible, <laughs> hey, I like it. Yeah, sci-fi. There, there you, you go. go.
0: <laughs> yeah, plausible is a nice soft word. Yes. Yeah. Ease, ease you in there. But plausible
1: sci-fi is almost like offensive to me because I'm like, well, it's all based on science.
0: So maybe, so it's all plausible. Mm. Yeah. Right. I you don't know. Also, Eric, why don't you try like trading off? That's always a good, good one. There there you know, like, hey, Dad, I will watch a three-hour-long World War II documentary <laughs> if you read this book. You know, that's always a good back and forth yeah. family bonding Every thing. back could be like, no, be like, uh, my dad hates
1: World War Two. <laughs> He's so much more into World War One. <laughs> is that a thing? Does everyone
0: have a favorite war? Everyone Ooh.
1: or dads? Dads? Do dads? But Ross is the dad. Ross, we have a dad in the do house. You a, do you have a favorite war? Do I? I
2: don't know. What's uh,
0: your favorite war?
2: I don't have a go to. Uh...
0: But I think Ross is a special dad. Ross is a sci-fi supernatural dad favorite war okay all right well Sorry. i think you don't if you can't if you yeah. don't go to None you don't have a favorite with... war but you're I... not into world war ii though
2: i mean not exclusively or to <laughs> I, mean, I mean i will read world war ii books and then sure. share them with my dad who sure. does really yeah, enjoy great, world great, war great, II. Yeah, now
0: okay fine. now that we we have to we have to talk about this because now we have a dad in the house to ask so. did your did your world war ii interest develop after you became a dad? Was it like a thing? <laughs> like your wife got a pregnancy book and you got a World War II <laughs> book? I-
2: I'll say no, because I did take a class on Hitler in college.
0: Okay, um, all right. They're getting them early. <laughs> 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 uh, I am
2: trying to get us to watch that uh, mini-series Ken Burns did on Vietnam. Sure.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah, I, I thought great. Oh, that would be a Maybe good Maybe that's the one. new fad in Dad Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as, as dads
0: are you know, aging out. World Asian, War II is yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would make Vietnam, sense. Vietnam, way more interesting. Got to get on the new hot war, it's dad just... wave.
2: <laughs> My dad's totally into World War II, so I read Code Talkers and then lent that right, to him. And we'll do that kind of sharing. Yeah,
0: well, Eric, why don't you read Code Talkers? <laughs> and he'll read uh, How to Fuck Two Werewolves by <laughs> Gail Carragher. <laughs> and you guys can meet... No, you just make sure you. You know, I haven't read it. Oh, so is it I actually don't... a book?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I just was wondering if Maybe, they were, I don't like, know if it's how to time, fuck two werewolves, but it's something like it like, like that. same time, or is it like that you're like, like you know a werewolf like juggling, Eiffel... like you're like oh this one is it a werewolf Eiffel Tuesday, Tower this situation on Wednesday, <laughs>
0: <laughs> or is it a werewolf like relay race situation? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, <laughs> what's happening here? <laughs> This is the scariest thing we've talked about. Is it bi weekly or is it bi weekly? Yeah. It's yeah, well yeah. it's by month. It's monthly. Yeah, <laughs> monthly. Oh god, that's the issue, right? Okay. Okay.
1: Thanks for coming on, Ross. Really appreciate it.
2: My pleasure.
0: Uh well so if you want us to solve your reader problem you can send it to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com and Ross where can we find you where can we find Ono Ross and Carrie
2: yeah so we're onopodcast.com or maximumfun.org it's a great place to go uh we're also on Facebook uh, at slash Onrack O N R A C and on Twitter at Ono Podcast
0: Onrack you guys have such a good acronym uh, yeah it's true that's I literally big. was like why is it Onrack
1: <laughs> got it no yeah. I got it. I acronym. just learned
2: this recently that an acronym has to be pronounceable as a word oh. otherwise it's an initialism so yes we are no
0: one says that
2: well s- someone corrected me on that because so as just, you know
0: rg is yes. just an we're an initialism and we're initialism rgp
2: that's Re- pretty close to rbg
0: R- I, wow that's pretty cool mm-hmm.
2: gp uh, R- which is close to rpg as well i like it it's got a nerdy feel to it rgp
0: R- 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 i was R- thinking R-G-P. about ruth bader ginsburg yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we know Okay, <laughs> oh, wait, that's, that's where I went first. <laughs> okay, <Yes. good. laughs> I don't know how many so other good.
2: other ones. <laughs> Did you see the movie? No. no I oh, heard it's
1: good. So good.
2: Yeah. Oh, I have seen- Oh, it'll make you if cry. If it doesn't
1: have werewolves fucking, I probably won't. How, how can you pay attention for more than a <laughs> There might or minutes.
2: might not be wolves fucking. In it.
0: <laughs> Mallory's just throwing popcorn at the screen. <laughs> Bring on the werewolves! <laughs> so, as always, we want to thank Danielle, who runs our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. You can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag, readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening, and thanks, thanks for reading! reading. Look, life is bad. Everyone's sad. We're all going to die. But I already bought this inflatable bouncy castle, so are you going to take your shoes off or what? By Johnny Sun from Everyone's an Alien When You're an Alien to a book.
2: MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.